0: on how you buy. Hello to everybody who has a laugh that's a laugh that hides the pain laugh. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one Chris Gethard here, and if you're somebody who wants to get right to the phone call, the intro's not that long this week. It's about five and a half, six minutes. If you you go skip about five and a half minutes ahead, you'll get right to the phone call. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the call. Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here, and welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. And I have to say, I've been out here meeting people. I just did a show last night as of this recording. I'm recording this on Thursday, November 2nd. Last night, I did a show in South Hackensack, New Jersey, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. And I had someone come up to me who said, I'm psyched on this bonus content. When's it coming? I said, any day. Now, you all will be happy to hear that. Andrea and I have officially had an onboarding call. We're building the infrastructure right now, getting everything in place because I know I've been making you guys wait for this bonus content But I promise you, I think it's really good, the stuff we've been recording. And what I don't want to do is scramble and be like, we have to make it happen fast. And then it comes out and there's something wrong or it's a confusing system to use. And then it's a pain in your butt. So we're really just dotting every I, crossing every T, trying to get it right. But the beautiful anonymous bonus content is coming soon. And I think you're all really, really going to love it. Because we thought hard about who this fan base is, what they want how to give them something that feels like it's totally worth it. And also because I'm me and because I have such true appreciation for this community that has in many ways kept my life afloat. Um, We're also working out pricing options where we can just make it a steal for you. And that is a priority of mine. I think Andrew would vouch me on every zoom. I'm like, how do we make it cheaper for the people? And the company we're working with, they're really open and amenable to that conversation. So it's really, really cool. Anyway, that will be here soon. Thanks to everybody who's been giving me positive feedback about laughing together. That is my new day job where I'm trying to organize, organize artists to get into school systems, help make schools healthier environments, do professional development for teachers, work hands-on with students. We are open to pitches. If you want comedians who really care, who are under the oversight of mental health professionals helping your school environment or your kid's school environment, trying to get the momentum on this thing going, laughingtogether.org for more info. And you can also, there's a form there. If you're somebody who wants to help or wants a workshop in your environment, wherever it might be, you go ahead to that website, check it out. And those are the things that are new in my life. And I don't think I need to belabor this one. I don't think I do because this one needs to be all about the call. This call, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. Um, The new era of the show. I've been hearing so much positivity. I think people can sense things feel a little loose. Things feel a little unpredictable. That's really a great thing. Andrea and I have joked because I think Andrea one, – one power that is really revealing itself is that Andrea is very, very good at finding people who go, I'm not sure where this is going to go, but I could talk about this or this or this, and finding people who have a real gift for gab even if they're not pitching like a full-on narrative story, and that's great. But a lot of our call pitches now are starting to lean towards that as people – Try to get on the show. This one is different. This is a voicemail where, when we heard what it was about, uh, I don't listen to the voicemails beforehand. Andrea surprises me with them. But when Andrea heard it, um, she said, Whoa, let's do that. And when I heard what it was initially about, that initial pitch in the beginning of the call, I said, Okay. But what none of us anticipated, myself nor Andrea, and I don't even think the caller planned to go in so many different directions, is just a story of real resilience, uh, real strength. I think everyone will listen and agree that there is a great tradition on this show that I am really proud of and protective of. And that really opened my eyes. I say it a few times in the course of the show. Many of the best calls in the history of this show are women who call in, who tell us about how life can knock them down and how they manage to get back up. And that is something that I'm really proud of because it's, Been eye-opening for me as a goofball dude to hear these stories over the years. And this is one of them. Um, On a very basic level, there's a medical procedure that we're going to hear about. But when we hear about who this person is and the backstory of their life and how much they've already been asked to go through, I think everyone listening would agree, wow, wow. To dedicate your life to selflessness, to give up an actual, literal, physical piece of yourself to save someone else, when you've already been put through so many situations that most people wouldn't be able to handle, man, did this caller just blow my mind. So I'm not going to talk too much more today. I'm not going to start philosophizing or espousing a bunch of stuff. We're just going to get into this phone call and I think it's really going to inspire a lot of people. Thank you for
1: calling beautiful anonymous.
0: A beeping noise will
1: indicate when you are on the show with the host.
0: Hello. Chris? Hey, how's it going? Hi. Good. You're so quiet. Oh, let me turn up my mic just a little Maybe bit. You're just... There's, okay. ha- how's that?
1: That's better. Andrea
0: told me to turn my mic down a little bit and then you told me to turn it up. So, yes, I could barely hear you. Sell out the high priestess right out of the gate. (laughs) Well, it's very nice to talk to you today.
1: Yes, it's so exciting for me to talk to you. I've been a long time listener.
0: Well, welcome to the show. I'm lucky to have you.
1: Thanks. So, I called, and I think it's okay to say this, but I left a message because I just donated a kidney to my dad and thought that that was a story that was worth sharing.
0: That's all. I mean, first of all, sounds like an amazing story. Second of all, I know that that's a physically traumatic thing. And I can imagine an emotionally traumatic thing being that it's your dad Mm -hmm. and also kudos to you because that's, I I don't want to make any assumptions, but I have to imagine that's not the most cut and dry choice to make in what's life.
1: No, <laughs> no, it has been kind of three years in the making. We started the process and then, um, he got some leg wounds. And if you have wounds, you can't undergo surgery. And then I was turning 40 and, um, we decided to try for one more baby and I got pregnant and then, he actually ended up dying when I was in labor and I had a lot of birth injury and emotional fallout from that. And so,
0: um, I'm so sorry. I just want to pause. And I know this is a sad question to ask, but who passed away during the labor? My son. Oh no. Oh no. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So obviously that was, a lot and it was completely unexpected it was a healthy pregnancy you know everything was completely fine so it was completely unexpected obviously it's never (laughs) I mean sometimes you do know now that I've met other parents sometimes you do know that your children are going to pass either before they're born and you're going to have to have them anyways or after the fact but yeah it was perfectly healthy pregnancy and he was completely fine up until right before he was born and just never took a breath so
0: that's brutal. that's one of the worst things that yeah. can happen, and I'm so sorry you went through that.
1: Thank you thank you yeah it's been it's been a journey for sure navigating that and I do have three other children, so um, helping them understand it but not traumatize them by it <laughs> has been kind of a balancing act um, and you know trying to not pretend like he didn't exist because I think that's what happened. For a lot of years, that when bad things happen, a lot of times people just pretend like it didn't happen at all, or at least that's how I was raised. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, yeah, just trying to actually acknowledge it and feel the feelings and all those good things that that come along with something so devastating.
0: I can't imagine going through that at all, let alone in in short time afterwards putting myself through a, uh, you know, you're donating a kidney, but, and this is a beautiful and momentous thing to do, but this also means, I mean, you're undergoing a major surgery and having an organ removed from your body. This is shocking. Yeah. What was the timeline like? Cause you know, you brought, you brought them up as that was one of the things that made it take three years. Yeah. That
1: delayed thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was December of 2021 and then this just happened um two weeks ago the kidney donation
0: you donated a so, kidney two weeks ago yes and you're on the yes. phone with me and you have like full energy <laughs> are you up and walking around or are you still yeah, in bed I can, recovering
1: oh yeah no no I had to actually went uh, so the surgery was at 7 a.m And we went to the PACU, the recovery room, and it should have just been, uh, so the surgery itself was like four hours. And then I should have only been in the recovery room for like an hour, maybe two. Well, they didn't have a room available. So I ended up being in the PACU all day, which worked out well for me because I do not do well with anesthesia. So they were giving me glorious medication every two hours that kept me from not throwing up because I was so scared to throw up with three incisions in my stomach and um so we didn't make it up to our rooms until like 8 p.m and they were like you have to get off the stretcher and walk to the bed and I was like if I had more energy I would fight you right now <laughs> so yeah I was walking by within well less than 12 hours because it was 12 hours from the start of surgery to when I walked but yeah
0: So you're just, your whole deal is what? That you're just the strongest person ever physically and emotionally? (laughs) Is that your deal?
1: I have definitely heard that before. Yes, I've heard that before.
0: (laughs) This is a jaw-dropping, and look, I am not trying to make a joke here, and- you can make
1: jokes. I love dark humor, so we can make all the jokes we want.
0: Well listen, I'm just gonna say as a parent, there's nothing funny about you losing a child at all. And I'm not trying to make no. a joke, but I say this seriously when I say the fact that you're like so I donated a kidney and also just part of the backstory is that I went through the greatest pain a parent can go through and the emotional mm-hmm. trauma of that. And that's just yeah. a piece of the lead up to the kidney a piece story. Of
1: it. I know. That's yeah
0: wild. And
1: there's even more I know, and there's even more to it. And no, sometimes they, I'm like, is my life a soap opera? And I can't, there's one piece that I can't get into that I so wish I could. But um, yeah, two days before, or a day before our son died, our cat died, and then that happened. And it, yeah, so sometimes I'm just like, is this my real life? Like I just stop, and I'm just like, seriously, is this my life right now? So
0: and and, but, and the cat, yeah, your cat passing away, which I am also very sorry for. That's the part. There's something (laughs) besides that you can't get into, or there's details of the cats.
1: Yes, Yeah. Oh
0: my goodness. So you're someone who's open enough to talk about the trauma of the kidney experience itself and the trauma of losing a child, but there's something else that you go, I can't even get into this other thing, which just, if you can't get into it when in the first five minutes you've established what you will get into, I can't imagine. I have to imagine there might be some legal stuff going on.
1: Well, and that it's, it affects more than just me. And so, you know, it's kind of not not my story to share and the other people involved aren't sharing it. So then it's not, it's not my place. So that's that piece of it. So
0: You've had a hell of a few years and I think I can speak on behalf of everyone listening. When I say, God bless you for being as strong as you've been because based on what you've shared and hearing that there's even more stuff happening that you can't, nobody deserves a few years like that.
1: Well, you know, I kind of have a different perspective on that where, yeah, I don't, I I, sometimes I am like, are you fucking kidding me that this, like another thing, like I can't, deal with anything else right now. And it can be stupid stuff. It'll be like, you know, something goes in the car or a flight gets and then I'm just like, that's it. That's the thing that I can't deal with. <laughs> so, you know, there are those times where it's like I'm holding it together in so many other areas that just little things will then be the the thing that I lose it about. So, don't let me fool you that everything's been peachy keen. Um but I I do try to look at every single situation as what do I need to learn from it? How do I need to grow from this, and then I always try to look at like how can I help others in that situation so I've said to my husband multiple times like and like before our son died, he had lost his really good paying job, so he was actually home for this pregnancy prior to that he was on the road. Come um, on, six days a week. Like had his own place for five years, so he actually got to be home for the pregnancy. And you know, I just kept looking to him. So like that happened. There was, of course, other things, and um, I just kept saying like these. There's like the best things, and then the worst things, and then the best things, and then the worst things, and even within the same thing, like him losing his job. That was so like such a good paying job was horrible, but it let him come home. It let him be you know be with the kids be with me be the dad that he had always wanted to be but couldn't because of this job and we were locked into you know this amount of money and so yeah so even in the really difficult stuff even with our son dying it was like okay but how do I grow from that and so we've tried to look at it as how do we have more fun as a family how do we actually come together in this and not let it destroy any of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is, um, I'm, I'm struck by how often on this show people have stories like this, where I walk away going, you instantly just find strength in the face of what seems like relentless pain. And I have to say, I'm not trying to be a kiss-ass and I'm not trying to be some white knight, whatever phrases people like to toss around on the internet. But one of the main things this show has taught me over and over again is about the strength of women. Just this Mm -hmm. show has relentlessly hammered home how much gets thrown at women and how average everyday women just get up off the mat when they get knocked down over and over and over again and society constantly asks them to and to hear that you yeah. are able to say here's all these things that happened in quick succession but look my husband lost his good paying job he was home more um uh, i i can't imagine what the silver lining is on losing a cat but uh i'm sure if anybody out there was going to be able to find it it was you and to hear I'll, I'll that-
1: tell you what it was in a minute go ahead
0: God, <laughs> oh, what is it how do you uh, the, I, you have
1: so- one You have one. So I'm a very spiritual person, and my belief is that our animals show up when we most need them. And so this cat was, like, a feral cat and just, like, hated us. And then right the week leading up to um, um, our son dying, um, the – cat actually I woke up to her laying beside me and I was like oh my gosh like that is so weird and so my belief is that she died so that she could kind of guide his soul over to the other side so I know that sounds super woo-woo but that's just my belief in that
0: no it's it's uh to hear about an animal acting slightly out of character right before something really monumental happens and those things adding up, that's, I'll buy it. The the weird, the, <laughs> the Irish Catholic, it's funny because being raised Irish Catholic, a lot of the trappings of the religious, the religion itself have left me, especially as I have major obvious issues with how the church operates. But the weird blend of like kind of Celtic superstition that bled through, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, you, your cat had a sense of what was happening and wanted to be there as a guide in the next world yeah 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 the the mystic yeah. <laughs> side of that Irish Catholic in me is like one hundred percent absolutely yes. that's the part I'm still into
1: yeah yeah i I was raised Catholic as well and walked away for a long time and then my kids actually go to Catholic school because I wanted them to have it's very different than when I went to Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. It's very loving, and they learn to care about other people and do kind things and community service and all kinds of really beautiful things it's not punitive and soul crushing like it was for me <laughs> um, and so I actually have been going back to church, which is mind boggling to me, but that's the piece that I love is that um the alchemy the the incense the the mysticism you know all of those kinds of things that the music the I heard you talk about saying peace, and you know I go to um Church with my kids' school on Friday mornings, and the kids just light up when they get to do that, mm-hmm. and it's the sweetest um, thing to see. So,
0: the Catholic Church would be the most amazing thing on planet Earth, outside of the fact that it is, in fact, the Catholic Church. And I think that makes yeah. sense for a lot of us who grew up Catholic and are still sorting it out yeah. in, in our in our middle years. Yeah. If they weren't the the Catholic Church, man, what an amazing thing the Catholic Church would be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly.
0: I'm going to ask you a question that I'm sure you've thought about. It's probably difficult in so many ways, but I have a feeling, just based on our early interactions, that you've thought about this and you have some sort of either feedback based on the experience or philosophy that's developed, but... The timing of losing a child and then a couple of years, within a couple of years saving a parent must have some, there must be some psychological thought that you've put towards those two events.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because I think, yeah, I, I mean, my gosh, I've like gone in circles so many different directions, um, in coming to the, yes, I'm going to actually do this. And, um, and it was never a, that I wasn't going to, but it was a, I want to slow down and actually think this through because in the beginning, as soon as I found out I'm the only child that has the same blood type, I called my friend who's a retired nephrologist and he was like, what did your husband say? And I was like, Oh, I didn't even run it past him. He was like, um, you need to like talk to other people in your life about this before you make this yeah. decision. So yeah. it was kind of like a not that I was not going to do it, but I did want to make sure that emotionally and psychologically I had worked through anything that would be a hangup after the fact. Um, but yeah, that, that symbolism after the fact of like, um, being able to, yeah, I mean, because my dad's life has been miserable for three years. Like he's on dialysis and some people do okay with it, but he didn't. So he's been miserable for three years. And to be able to give him a kidney that gives, hopefully, you know, he's still um, close by the hospital. They're still adjusting medications, but the kidney started working immediately, which was fantastic. Um, But to be able to, Hopefully within a couple months, once everything's settled, that they can be living life again is just mind blowing to me.
0: And what was your relationship with your father like before you got this news that you were the match?
1: Um that's a good question. So my dad also he was around when we were little. And he did a lot. Like, so he was not, um, my parents are boomers, but um, my mom was pretty progressive. So he was around a lot. Like, he helped, he made dinner, he took us places, he cleaned, you know. So he wasn't like a stereotypical boomer dad where he got home and then everybody waited on him. Although I did get him pictures of beer from the basement, from the (laughs) keg. I do vividly remember that. Awesome. <laughs> um awesome. so he was a very hands-on dad. I um love him very much and but there's also difficulties there. Like then when I was in I think a freshman in high school, he started working on the road. So then he was gone, gone again, um where they, you know, he has his own apartment, comes home just on the weekends or every 10 days or whatever it is. Um, and so, and then too, like I'm a teenager, so that all kind of falls away. And then, um, I moved away to volunteer for a year and then I went to grad school away and live an hour away from them now. So, you know, it's been like distant, but yet close. Like we have birthday parties all the time. They come to the kids events, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's that back and forth, I think, where I love and respect and appreciate all that he has done for me throughout his lifetime.
0: And I know it hasn't been that long. And I imagine his recovery might be more severe than yours, although I'm not certain on that. But have you seen each other? Have you gotten a chance to talk since the kidney started working? Are you feeling like it's back to business as usual? Or does the experience of giving someone a kidney change your relationship in some fundamental way.
1: Yeah. So we got to be right across the hall from each other when we were in the hospital, but I was discharged, um, not the next day, but the day after. So, and then once we came home, it, it's an hour and a half for us from the hospital. So, um, and I was in so much pain. I could like that ride home. Thankfully I fell asleep because it was pretty torturous. Um, so it wasn't like I could just go back, but I had a uh, appointment one week post-op. And so I got to see him briefly that day. And when he hugged me, it was definitely (laughs) a different hug than he's given me (laughs) in a while. And he gives good hugs, but this was definitely like a, oh my gosh, thank you. I love you. You you could just feel all of that in that hug. And, um, you know, even up on the, the floor, we were both up and walking in the halls and kind of, you know, we were walking opposite. So we kind of run into each other and it was, you know, you could just feel a shift in the, in the energy between us, which was interesting to me because I'm very much into like vibes and energy and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I've picked up on that with you. I'm now going to ask an extraordinarily juvenile question. Sure. Sure but I would not forgive. I would not be able to forgive myself if I didn't. And I bet I'm not the only one who's curious. Can you, can you guess what it is? Cause I, I wonder if other people have asked you this yet.
1: I don't know. I'm dying to know though.
0: Do you think about how, do you think about how, why am I asking this question?
1: <laughs> ask you, it, ask it. I want to know.
0: <laughs> do you think about how every time your dad pees now, the pee is passing through your kidney? <laughs> Have you thought about this? (laughs) Like, is this a thing that has occurred to you?
1: But that's fantastic. Like your dad wakes up in the morning, lets out a big (laughs) big stretch
0: and a yawn, and then he heads on over to the pot. (laughs) And that pee, that fresh morning warm piss, that passed through a part of your body.
1: Yeah, that's hilarious because, well, and um, after this particular surgery, you know, others too, of course, you have to have a catheter in because they need to be monitoring like to the drop, how much pee is being produced. And um, so like, that was the exciting thing. It was like, you're making pee. Yay. (laughs) And then for me too, because it was like, okay, now you just got, you're down to one kidney. And so we got to make sure that your one kidney left is working well and that your bladder works well after the catheter. So yeah, there's been a lot of talk about pee and how exciting that is. And and until you can't pee, I don't think you know just how exciting that is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Another silly question, but one that might have some legs. You mentioned you have siblings. How many siblings do you have?
1: I have um, two living and two deceased.
0: Wow. Okay. First of all, I want to make a note of that because, hate again, hate to say anything that might even feel close to a joke, but come on. Everything you mentioned, everything. You've been surrounded by pain. I'm so sorry. And this makes this question even more inappropriate when it was already a silly question, but your siblings who are alive, sometimes siblings, have sort of competition over who is the parent's favorite and have you discussed with them like, Hey, if there was any debate, I I am now, I am now dad's favorite.
1: Well, yes, absolutely. Because my brother has always been the favorite. And so I'm like, well, but we like, how can they argue with this at this point? Although, um, my mom is so on the spectrum of narcissism that I don't know that, like I had to have the nurse, I had to talk to my nurse coordinator because we have like two separate teams that are working with you. And I was like, can you tell them that this surgery is a big deal? Because when I told her that it would be like six weeks recovery, that it can take up to six months for the other kidney to grow, she's like six weeks. What do you mean? And I was like, yeah, like this is a big deal (laughs) surgery. So, (laughs) Um, Yeah, that has been part of the conversation, but then also brought back to earth by the like, oh yeah, they... I don't know that they're taking it (laughs) Um, all the way as seriously as I would have anticipated them to.
0: That's good. That's good. Listen, I'm not saying that you need to get more money in the will. I am saying you better (laughs) at least get a special shout out in the will. That's not an out of line thought.
1: Yes. I like that. I like that i be sure to tell them that we at, put that in there.
0: Yeah. We at least need a special shout out of by all means, do what you will with your money, uh, divide it evenly, whatever you say, but let's not at least forget to mention that the organ factor <laughs> was at in play here. Okay. Yeah, everybody.
1: absolutely. Cause hopefully, yeah, the, the longevity on dialysis is not great. And yeah versus longevity with a brand new kidney, especially a living donor kidney is fantastic. So yeah, I mean, this could prolong or extend his life way past what it would have been if he had been um, stuck on dialysis.
0: So, Well, I hope your dad lives many, many more years that are significantly more healthy with, with less.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I have, uh, uh, an old friend and mentor of mine who has had kidney transplants and dealt with dialysis and a, the physical trauma is just undeniably real. The process of dialysis is an intrusive pain in the ass. And then on top mm-hmm. of it, it also can affect your clarity of mind and your, your, focus on issues like that. It, when your kidneys go, your whole system kind of slows down and it can be so brutal. Oh Yeah. So yeah. I, moods are
1: terrible and yeah, yeah.
0: And unpredictable at times. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: point being, I hope your dad is healthier and happier. And there's many, many years of that. And I hope that someday when he passes at, at an age that, that, you know, feels like he's lived a a long life with, with you and your family, that you get at least five more dollars in the will than your brother who used to be the
1: favorite. <laughs> I minimum, better, I better, no. I'm minimum $5 payment. You month. know, when I, yeah. Kidney <laughs> fee. Yeah, and obviously I didn't do it, you know, for the glory or any I of those know. kinds of things, but it, it is funny to joke about.
0: Let's pause right there. I would I would have done it for the glory. I would be posting... Um, reels on instagram set to slightly sad music to make myself seem even more heroic i would not be able to pass on the glory kudos to this caller for being selfless about it what am i rambling about nobody even knows let's do some ads we all know what time of year it is the fall the leaves are changing colors here in the northeast we're all feeling it it's getting colder we're gonna have less sunlight and for a lot of us that affects us and i know it hits me hard i get down i still get down quite often, and I have to work really hard to keep my head on straight. It affects your life. We all have to pay attention to this stuff. Well, guess what? Talkspace makes it easy. If you're somebody who's been thinking about therapy, Talkspace is a really fantastic option that's forward thinking and modern and makes it convenient for you. You can meet with your therapist online, so that means you can do it at home. You can do it wherever you're most comfortable, and it can make a real difference in your life because i I know how intimidating that process can be. Finding a therapist, finding a psychiatrist, it's daunting. And then, even if you find somebody you like, are they going to be affordable? Well, try TalkSpace. Okay. TalkSpace makes getting the help you want easy and accessible and, yes, affordable. And one thing that I have to call out, and this is something that TalkSpace, um, puts in their copy, but I always ignore the copy and speak from the heart. I will never, ever forget once having a conversation with a musician friend of mine. And they expressed, I think I'm going to see a therapist soon. And I said, oh, wow, how are you feeling? Feeling all right. Like Feeling good about that choice. And they said, well, I'm going to wait a little longer because I'm not totally at rock bottom yet. And I said, no, 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 no. Don't wait till rock bottom because rock bottom means crisis. And that's scary. If you're sensing that it's time... Get this person's help right now, and maybe they can help you avoid rock bottom, and you don't have to go to that scary place. They can help guide you out of it. You can sign up online with TalkSpace. You get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you. That usually happens within 48 hours, and it's very convenient. You have those virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. Okay. You don't have to have commute time. I know a lot of people get stressed out because they go, how am I going to see a therapist? I need to drive there, do the session, drive back in the middle of a workday. This eliminates all that driving time. And on top of all of that, Talkspace is secure. It's private. They use bank grade encryption technology to store client information. They comply with all the HIPAA regulations and they are in network with most major insurers. As a listener of the podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful to get $80 off of your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Wow, everybody. They sent over a script and I think I'm just going to ignore it. We're talking about factor today factor is a game changer. Let me tell you why. Okay. It's a busy time of year. Holiday season's coming up. You're traveling. You got people visiting short notice, right? These days are jam packed. Well, guess what? Factor is America's number one, ready to eat meal delivery service. Okay. Can help fuel you up. We're talking about fast breakfast, lunch, and dinners with chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door saves you time and you eat well, okay? I'm just going to start ranting here for a second and then I'll get back to the script. They sent me some of these things. And you guys know that I have never lied about this, okay? I I will always do the job with the advertisements, but I never fake personal enthusiasm. When I tell you that these are ready-to-eat meals, so they're meals that you put in the microwave at the end of the day, right? Sounds simple. When I tell you that it is the peak version of that, I'm not exaggerating. When I'm telling you that you don't have to chop anything and you don't have to do the cleanup and it's ready in three minutes and then you get to sit down and have a meal where you're like, this actually is like restaurant quality and I just threw it in the microwave. It's not an exaggeration. Blew me away. Okay, with Factor, you can skip the grocery store, all the chopping and prepping, and you get all the nutrition and all the flavor. Their meals are never frozen, they're ready in just a couple of minutes. You heat them up, you enjoy them. They blew my mind. You can hear it for real. I'm going off script again, Factor. I hope you didn't want me to actually read the script because my enthusiasm, I hit up a bunch of those meals from the vegetarian vegan menu. Ooh, ooh, so good can choose from 35 plus weekly flavor packed fresh never frozen meals supports your healthy lifestyle meets your meal preferences all delivered right to your door they heat up in two minutes if you need special occasion meals for the holidays they got you level up with gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs ready to eat in record time enjoy premium ingredients like broccolini leeks truffle butter asparagus Sometimes you are just too busy running around to plan lunch. They have got you covered with lunch to go. These meals are effortless. They are wholesome. They're good. Those meals to go ones, you don't even need a microwave. Okay. They're they're ready. Eat them. They're delicious. You will like them. Calorie-conscious options are available. Okay? These can help boost your wellness goals. You can enjoy this convenience, breakfast, lunch, Dinner. They've got apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillets. There's just some of the breakfast options. Plus, there's refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, smoothies. Plus, with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for production sites and offices. So they're doing right by the environment too. This November, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash beautiful50. Use the code beautiful50, you'll get 50% off. That's five zero, that's code beautiful50 at factormeals.com slash beautiful50. Get 50% off. These meals are great. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors the show. Now let's get back to the phone call.
1: And obviously I didn't do it, you know, for the glory or any of those kinds of things, but it it is funny to joke about.
0: Now, not to bring it back to the super dark stuff, because I think we have a few topics to bounce around, but I'm kind of astounded to hear that you've also lost two siblings. Um, Yes. And I'm, curious to ask you know you don't have to get into the details of what happened if you don't like but I will say there's a like you know you don't want to put it out there but you ever read the book Angela's Ashes it's a very famous me- memoir by an Irish I've heard of it, yeah. yeah by an Irish writer and it was just just the relentless pain of growing up in Ireland when he did and having being so put upon and Losing people, but your story, it's it's so much of what you shared. I go, man, there are a number of things you've already shared. And we're not even halfway through this phone call where I go, no, nobody deserves this. And you've been surrounded by it. It sounds like for a long time. And yet...
1: Yeah, I've had a lot of traumatic deaths around me.
0: Yeah. How do you... How do you rationalize that? How do you? How do you get up and so, go to the supermarket yeah. and stop at the pharmacy on the I way know. home and just be a regular it's person? Weird.
1: Yeah, it's weird. But the thing, so I fit your stereotypical demographic of listener. I'm a um, social worker by trade. <laughs> so, um, wait so a second. I, yeah, Hold have been a... on,
0: because I. <laughs> applied to grad school now i'm working adjacent to social work i was
1: so excited when you applied
0: but listen i'm just gonna put this out here as someone else because now i got in to be fair i got in i didn't go but it's because i got hired by a company where i'm like adjacent and organizing artists i'm proud of it, but laughingtogether.org for info on that get the cheap plug-in but one thing i'm very well aware of that a lot of people warned me in my life was you know when you when you go get a social work master's, you're also opting into a life that is in a way that's so noble and beautiful. One way you could define what all social workers do, because they work in many different areas and do many different things, but all of them sign Mm -hmm. up to help take on other people's pain and help navigate that pain. Yeah. And I feel like you've had enough pain. You know, it
1: helped. I have found that, I don't know if you want to call it selfish, but it helps me to help other people. And, you know, I had to nav- navigate that, you talked in the beginning, that savior complex. That's something that they even teach you in grad school. Like, you're not there to save anybody. You're there to walk with them on their journey, um, empower them, um, be a voice if they need it at a particular time. You know, those different. there's different tenets within social work. And, Um, being a savior is not one of them. But that said, I do basically spend all day, every day sitting with people and their deepest, darkest pain. Um, You know, you usually don't come to therapy when everything is peachy keen in your life. Um, But I feel honored that people feel safe enough and trust me enough to share things that they usually have not told any other person in the entire world. Um, And to be able to help them navigate that is really just so, yeah, like such an honor, just so important to me to protect that space for them, to be able to do that.
0: Do you work in a particular field in social work?
1: Um, now I am um, specialized into um, trauma <laughs> treatment. <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> could you pick anything else? <laughs> it's it's not funny, but it's funny, you know. <laughs> no,
0: I will say <laughs> that cackle is the first part of the call. I'm like, oh, good. In a way that I think is healthy of like, okay, you're very strong. You've dealt with unimaginable pain. It's come at you from a number of different angles in life. But that laugh was the first thing where I've gone, okay, okay, good. That is a bit of a maniacal laugh in a way that I think is actually pretty healthy, all things considered.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. I bet sometimes you just and... have to look in the mirror and start laughing. Like that's the that's your laugh when yeah. you're like, I'm about to... I'm about to, I'm just going to take 45 (laughs) seconds and lose it. And that laugh sounds like your lose it laugh. Am I right right on that? Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is not bordering on like, are you kidding me? Like, why would you do that to yourself? But like I said, (sighs) I can hold that space for people and help them transmute it um, in the way that's best for them and help them come out on the other side. And that is absolutely beautiful to me. And i will you know is because i've been through so much it's not like when i say things i'm like listen i'm not saying this from a place of like my life has been sunshine and rainbows every day i'm coming i'm saying this stuff from a place of clinical expertise and then also personal experience so i i kind of moved i kind of go between therapist and coach like i kind of balance between two worlds there um and they are two different kind of vibes but I've kind of brought it together um in a way that really works well for my clients
0: it's really incredible because i know enough about your world to know that when like you said You mentioned that there's people who you're helping them through things that they've never said out loud to people before you. It's a terrifying thing. If people are hiding things that deep down, they're doing it for a reason. You know, they feel Mm -hmm. ashamed or unsafe or like they're going to be judged. And it's not shocking to hear that you're someone who's dedicated your life to helping others because the experience of going through all the stuff you've been through, and there's people who've been through all sorts of trauma they give you this sort of secret superpower, I would imagine, which is that when someone opens up to you, it's one thing for them to open up to someone and for the person to go, okay, you know, I've read about that. And the, the research and advice says we should handle like this. And it's another thing for someone to go, that sounds really hard, but it's a t- completely different experience that oftentimes doesn't even need language for somebody to be able to look you in the eye and go, okay, she's been here. She's been here she mm-hmm. understands pain. this person understands pain and has weathered that and they' you know that's when it crosses over from from a helping hand to sympathy to empathy and it's why empathy yeah. is so powerful because it's lived experience and that fosters trust. It's really powerful to see
1: yeah it is it's a totally different you know, I've watched myself transform and become a better and better social worker, the more life that I've lived. And, um, and it's that because I, you know, I've always been somebody who um, I read like so much as a kid. So I think I always looked at the world as there's a big world out there and people have lots of different experiences. And people have lots of different life views. And Um, I mean, that was the one thing about the Catholic Church that never resonated with me was that we were right and everybody else was wrong. I was like, no, I don't think that that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I think other people can have other beliefs and lifestyles and be right, you know, quote unquote, right as well. Um, And if they
0: don't come to where we come on a Sunday, they're going to (laughs) burn in an eternal pit (laughs) of fire. (laughs) Maybe not. These are my neighbors yeah, exactly. and friends. These are my neighbors. neighbors and friends. I'd yes. rather not commit to that idea yes. that my the Jewish kids in my school are going to burn an <laughs> eternal pit of fire. They're my <laughs> friends. Can we chill? Can we take a breath?
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I've always kind of had that gift of being able to see that the bigger picture, you know, all sides of a story or all sides or all different perspectives. And those kinds of things. And so, you know, that's just really helped me um, navigate the world as an empathetic person. Um, depends on who you ask. Some people say I'm too empathetic and then other people say that I'm mean, but that's just like the two sides of my They say you're mean? <laughs> if I need to be, I can be very mean, but I can I'm also very kind and caring and compassionate.
0: <laughs> who is calling you mean?
1: Oh, I listen. It's a you know we all have darkness, and I always say I transformed that into being a, a an advocate when I need to be when it has to go against the grain or go against the system or you know advocate for somebody. Man, yeah, I I wouldn't mess with me someday.
0: <laughs> again, again, this show every couple of months. This show. I wind up talking to a caller and it, it always blows me away. It's like, um, I think so much when the show, when this show got really popular and everybody was like, whoa, where did this come from? And then we found out that it was a lot of people who are moms or or women in the workforce and we were all going, how did this happen? And then I, I'll never forget realizing, like, I always tried to make work that tried to give voice to people who didn't have a voice. And in my comedy, that was always like the young punk rock kids with the piercings and the pink hair. And then I realized, oh no. Within within recent history, a lot of women have decided, like, yeah, nope. I'm I would not mess with me. And hearing you say that, I'm like, yeah, yeah you are a prototypical, beautiful, anonymous <laughs> a <laughs> member of our community anyway. Cause I have met so many Strong women who just you would never guess it looking at them, but you better watch your mouth. And it's, I love it. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's, and that's, there's kind of two things in that where you mentioned earlier just how strong women are. And, you know, that's what I've also come to know and learn. Most of my clients are women, you know, obviously the attempts to be the moms of other kids. At you know my kid's school, and I just realized that everybody has a story. Everybody has pain. Everybody has difficult, all the way into horrific things that happen throughout their lifetime, and they navigate it, and they navigate it in the best ways they can. And sometimes that's not great, and sometimes it does destroy them. And then other times they pick themselves up and go on and. That's not always great because if you don't acknowledge it, that can ca- come out in other ways. And that, you know, so there's just this whole continuum of how women keep going, even in the face of just horrendous things. And so, you know, that's the other gift that I have in this is just getting to see how strong people are. And then also that it's really exhausting to be the strong one all the time. And so if I can be strong for them sometimes, that that's a role that I'm happy to play so that they can actually cry the tears that they need to cry or scream or just vent and get it all out of them because they're the one that has to be strong all the time.
0: (laughs) Uh, This hasn't happened in a while, but I'm crying. No, hasn't happened in a while. Hearing you say that your job is to sometimes be the strong one, to be the strength for people who need a break from having to be the strong one. That's wild. And it does immediately make me, and I get the sense. I mean, you are a badass and that's very clear, but I, I do feel bound to ask, do you have someone in your life who can be the strong one for you at times?
1: Yeah, my husband is amazing. Um, We um, have been together for 20 years, and he is definitely my rock. And um, I do joke, because I believe in past lives, that it's taken many lifetimes for us to get to this freaking amazing relationship place. But, man, this time we're definitely doing everything right. And so, yeah, but I even think about like who's strong for him. So we balance that out, you know? So like when he needs picked up, I'll pick him up. And when I need picked up, he'll pick me up. So it's not like he has to be my rock all the time, but we definitely um, are that for each other.
0: That's great to hear. That's beautiful to hear. And to have somebody in your life where you can go, okay, you don't, you don't have to be tough right now. Go let your guard down. Go curl go curl up in the fetal position and do whatever you need to do for a while. I got you. That is a necessary thing and it's uh it's unbelievable yeah. that you you know have have picked a profession where you provide that to other people when you are well within your rights I would imagine to be self-protective at times. And I hope that if it comes to that even if helping other people helps you process the pain you've been through, I do also hope that you know you have a right where if you do hit a limit, because you know, I know it for a fact because I've been through my own version of it, helping other people through pain is a really, really beautiful thing. And being able to stand up for people, it's a really, really beautiful thing. You also keep a piece of that pain, though. You also hear a lot of stories, mm-hmm. I bet, that you'll never forget. You also, I bet- Oh, Yeah. Have, had situations where someone tells you something, and then you go to lay down in bed in bed at night and it pops in your head and makes it hard to sleep so
1: yeah, for sure,
0: I hope you also know too that if you ever need to step back, and I know that social work has all of those mechanisms in place, and that's part of what you study is when to know how to step back and identify it, but just wanted to put that out there,
1: oh yeah, for sure, and that's why I moved through different I did medical social work for a while and then went back into, um, like left therapy, went into medical social work, came back into more of the coaching. And then now I'm doing part private practice and part of the coaching clients. So yeah, I definitely have had to find that, that balance because yeah, it's a lot. And yeah, I need to take care of myself too, because if I'm not good, then like I can't take care of other people. (laughs) So it's important to remember that.
0: Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it.
1: Yeah. The, um, the strong thing too. So I also have a blue belt in (laughs) jujitsu. So I, yeah, I know. I'm so sad that it's only a blue belt, but I got so busy and just couldn't go. Like I, used to be able to go and um but you know I'm fighting boys that are like 18 to 25. Oh yeah. And you know I'm a middle-aged mom and I'm like listen you guys don't understand the rage that is underlying me right now. So you might be younger and you might have more testosterone but this there is nothing that compares to this rage <laughs> within me. I
0: <laughs> love that. We're also talking about jiu a <laughs> world that the past few years has gotten real Like, we're also talking about like 23 year olds who think they're going to be the, like, start taking human growth hormone where it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't be 23 (laughs) and on steroids and fight me, a middle aged dad. This just because you. want to go be the best jujitsu fighter you can be it's ridiculous Uh, but I'm glad we have that in common and yes it's good to hear that you find those physical outlets from time to time and Mm -hmm. I have to imagine because look I'm I signed back up I started going I got to get back in but I I signed up I'm not trying to talk bad I just signed up at this school and then pretty quickly was like I don't know if this was the best fit but some of that's in my head you've been there anyway I have to imagine there's been some times where one of those 23 year old muscle heads comes in and they see you and they don't respect that blue boat. And then the next thing you know, you manage to get them in a triangle choke and tap them out. And you just go like, listen, for any philosophy you have about how to navigate the pain of this world, for any <laughs> degree you've earned and all the studies you've done, sometimes it also just feels good to choke a motherfucker out.
1: Yep hundred percent. Yeah. crush their spirit just a little bit. So oh,
0: pretty good. Bad. I love that you said that because that's where I got in my, because now that I'm in my forties, I go against these young guys and I'm like, I'm not as good as I used to be. I'm out of practice. I took years off and I'm not really going to, tap a lot of these young guys but i can slow them down and be a pain in their ass mm-hmm. and not let them do what they want and in some ways even that feels like a victory of like i'm annoying yeah
1: you. satisfying you thought i was a <laughs> weak
0: little nerd and i am but i'm uh-huh. smart enough to thwart you and your frustration gives me joy young man
1: yes <laughs>
0: It's a good feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we gotta find joy uh where we can, right?
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And the physical um release. Yes, the physical outlet. Mm-hmm. As well as again, a a the mental effect of physically demonstrating your own strength and, and sense of being able to create your own sense of safety has a lot of good mental effects as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, wow. it sure does.
0: Yeah. That's really wild. And and where are you at in the kidney recovery now? I know you had said like you're up, on, but are you like going through your days as per normal now?
1: No. So, um, uh, so today I just started back to work this week. Um, I had two clients yesterday. I have four today. Um, but my, the, the, there's three cuts in my stomach, and so one is really low, and that's where they remove the kidney, so that's probably a good, um, I don't know, six or eight inches long, and then there's one that's kind of parallel to the belly button, and then one that's kind of right under my bra line, and so um, cutting through that much muscle and everything has made like my belly and back muscles are just not all together yet. So it gets really sore and tired out. Um, plus just my body adjusting to one kidney, like kidneys do so much. Um, so I'm just more tired out. I have to pay attention to my hydration. I have to pay attention to my nutrition. So, um, the pain is like way, 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 way better, but there's all these other physical things that I have to, to navigate to and figure out. So,
0: it's crazy times. Crazy times. And do you have um do you have uh I feel I'm I'm feeling very bad because you have been so communicative about a lot of these situations that have caused a lot of pain. Although let's not forget the victory in in saving your dad, vastly improving his quality of life. And that's an incredible thing and a positive and I don't want to dwell on it as a negative, but we've talked a lot about pain and trauma and pushing through and surviving and being a badass in the face of it and helping others. Um, I'm wondering, do you have any plans on the horizon where me and our listeners might go? Yeah, she deserves. Oh, you're going on a big vacation. You're going on a cruise. Yes, go do it. And we're going to pause here. Wait till you hear the answer on this one, everybody. Wait till you hear the answer on this one. The more we learn about this person. Anyway, we've got some advertisers. They help us bring this show to the world. Let's go hear those ads and then we'll be right back. Okay, everybody, brace yourself because we're about to hear a very familiar sound at this point and a positive sound. Today's podcast is sponsored by Nutrisense. And that was, of course, the sound of the Nutrisense biosensor, which is Such a game changer and such a cool device. It's a really small device. You put it on the back of your arm. It starts providing you with real-time feedback on how your body's responding to different things, foods you're eating, exercise, stress, sleep patterns. Okay. With NutriSense, you take a photo of your meal, adjust for the portion size. NutriSense gets to work, does the rest, tracks your data, sees your glucose trends, understands your macronutrient breakdown. You get an overall glucose score for each meal based on your body's response. I mean, this is high-level stuff, and that's before we even talk about the fact that you'll be matched with a board-certified nutritionist who reviews your data and answers all your questions. Plus, they can help you with a personalized nutrition plan so you achieve your goals. You can try NutriSense today. It'll open your eyes in profound ways to how your food, exercise, and lifestyle choices affect you. What's more, it empowers you with a real-time feedback loop showing the consequences of your food and lifestyle choices. It's a powerful tool for understanding your body and affecting positive change in your life. You can get all of this today. NutriSense has a special offer for our listeners. Visit NutriSense.com slash beautiful. Use the code beautiful to start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Be sure to tell them you learned about NutriSense on Beautiful Anonymous. That's NutriSense.com slash beautiful to save $30 off your first month, plus get a month of board-certified nutritionist support. Okay, that's it for the ads. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to finish off the phone call now. Do you have any plans on the horizon where me and our listeners might go, yeah, she deserves it. Oh, you're going on a big vacation? You're going on a cruise? Yes. Go. Do it.
1: <laughs> well, actually, I went right before the surgery. I um, was chosen to present at the um, International Suicide, uh, International Association for Suicide Prevention. And it was in Slo- um, Slovenia this year. And so I turned that into a two-week European trip and went and visited family in Europe and um, went to Slovenia and went to Italy. So I did that before I donated.
0: <laughs> Listen, I love that and i um, super into it. Do you have anything coming up that doesn't also um, start off with talk of suicide because again, I, and again, I'm just kidding. Obviously that sounds like an incredible trip I know, and I, I hope it was great, but it is like anything moving forward. That's just like, Hey, we're going to cleanse the palate and not focus on the pain. Well, yeah. Let me tell you about this suicide prevention talk. I gave like, that's your, the bar is set in a very weird place for you. That's
1: huh? Hilarious. I didn't even think about that, but yes. Um, no, I don't have anything, but I am, um, Looking ahead. I there's a um hundred mile race in um the Midwest that I really want to do, and it's always falls close to my birthday, so Wait, I like really want to do Ultra go. marathon? Yes.
0: You run yeah. ultra marathons um, too?
1: I do, yeah. Who
0: are yes. you? What's happening? <laughs> you just gave a kidney two weeks ago and you're planning to run in an ultra marathon? You know, a lot of yeah. us view an ultramarathon as the ultimate test of physical pain and mental duress.
1: Yeah. This is yeah. me asking you how yeah. you're going to relax. Is. Yeah. I know. That's how I'm going to relax. I know. It's ridiculous. You're going to go run a hundred miles through the, help.
0: What, through the <laughs> desert?
1: No, it's going to be like um, Midwestern, like countryside. You so
0: truly are Catholic. My, how are you going to relax <laughs> by putting myself through a hundred miles of physical pain? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yep, <that laughs> Father, Son, oh Father, Son and Holy
0: Spirit. Amen. Oh, Truly oh the God. most Catholic. So how do you relax? Oh, by doing a physical thing that would destroy most people. <laughs> how have I told you how I like to choke <laughs> men for fun? oh by the way oh my job yeah don't worry it's a real sunny outlook in life where all i could do is mumble something about i help people with trauma because i could tell that it would bum out the listeners on this show even though i've already said a number of hugely bummer things well you got anything fun lined up yeah 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 i'm gonna go run for a hundred miles straight This is hilarious.
1: I never, like, heard that reflected back to me, and it sounds so insane. I love it even more.
0: You ever think about going That's to, like, so an funny. all-inclusive resort where you can get a pina colada from the yeah. swim-up bar? You ever think about that?
1: <laughs> I did do that. But after um, You hated the, it, didn't you? In the year after my son died, I did do a, um, I went to a retreat in Cancun, Mexico, good. and I got I the – Bottom floor, swim out, suite. even though it was good. way more expensive than, like, whatever. But I was like, I don't do it. I don't care. I'm doing it. So, yeah, I do try to take really good care of myself. And, yeah, so even though that trip was um, difficult. So my brother died by suicide. You so yeah, circle so back sorry. to that. So that was 15 years ago. Um, and so I went as a lived experience presenter. And um, so... While it was difficult, it was also beautiful. To Like, I got to go back to where my great-grandparents were born and see the land and the house where my, like, generations of family have been (laughs) buried and have lived and um, got to go to a church that was um, 800 years old in the village where they came from. So I know that they had set foot in that church before, and it was just super, super special
0: wow wow and i'm I'm so sorry, I mean, as you know i've I've you know dedicated more and more of my life to mental health advocacy, so I just want you to know I'm so sorry to hear about your brother, yeah yeah, yeah
1: it was um very shocking um one of those definitely earth shattering life shifting moments for sure because he was and you know this you know he was everybody how that people that are hurting on the inside don't always show it and he didn't necessarily struggle with mental health things it was something happened that he felt wasn't acceptable and so he just ended his life as kind of I felt like a knee-jerk reaction to it Um, whereas if he had sat with it it would have most likely gone away and not impacted his life long-term and so um but he was everybody's best friend he made everybody feel special he was the life of the party included everybody and you know so he was special to a lot of people and now looking back I just wonder how much that was hiding internal struggles that he just never shared with anybody
0: I, I, I might be connecting dots there in a way that's real or not, but was the way he passed part of why you got into social work?
1: So I was actually a social worker before that. Oh, so no. that made it really hard oh, because
0: no. boy, did I
1: blame myself as to why didn't he call me? Why didn't I see any signs? Why, you know, all of those kinds of things. So yeah, I was a couple of years into the profession when that happened.
0: I'm telling you, but there's
1: a big age gap between us. So
0: I, I have to say this because you've told your stories here today and we've fa- managed to find some laughs along the way, but I was, I brought this up as a joke before, but I just want to reiterate it. You really are one of the strongest people I've ever spoken to hands yeah. down. Thank you. And I'm sorry. <laughs> life's put you in so many positions where you've had to be Man, does it say, stand out?
1: I I appreciate that I really do, and you know I'm one to usually kind of shrug those things off and brush those things off, but I'm I'm gonna take that in and say thank you for for letting me hear that because yeah, some days I feel like I'm barely holding on by a thread, and then other days I do feel like that very strong person.
0: Yeah. And I also, you said something towards the top of the call that was along these lines, I believe. But I also just want to say, this is also a real reminder too of like, if you're around somebody and they're having a meltdown because uh, the toothpaste at the supermarket is, they're out of the toothpaste. They usually like whatever. You also have to remember like, and I'm not saying this is the case with you, but it's just a reminder of just like, we're all listening to you and you sound like someone, any listener on earth finding this could be having a conversation with. And we do also just have to remind ourselves like, you are never aware of where someone else's behavior comes from and that sometimes people overreacting in your eyes to small things. You have no idea what the iceberg is under the surface for them. Not that you've said anything that indicates you flip out about toothpaste prices when you go to the pharmacy or the supermarket (laughs) or whatever, but just to say you're clearly someone who's like, no, I get back up off the mat, I keep going. But it's, it's just a reminder of, you don't know about any one story. And I bet you meet dozens of people every day who would never ever guess the amount of stuff you've dealt with and now you're here and laying it all out and and lacing it with this philosophy and telling us how you got active and how you try to help other people and none of it has ever come across as a complaint when you would be well within your rights to call this show and just vent if you felt like it it is remarkable it's really remarkable
1: yeah and i i'm so glad that you made that point because there is that's how I've always viewed things like, okay, whatever is happening right here is not what's actually happening underneath the surface. And that's kind of how I got into hypnotherapy because I wanted to know what was going on below the anxiety, what's going on below the trauma, you know, what's the subconscious holding on to? And, um, you know, if you've shoved down abuse that, that happened when you were a child and you've never addressed that, then of course you might. React in ways that seem unreasonable to other people. Um, I do also always say, though, that it, bad things happening to us doesn't give us the right to spill our toxicity onto other people. Yes. <laughs> so I also yes. am a big believer in personal responsibility, too. To like, if I need to get my shit together, then I need to get my shit together. That's not up to my kids. That's not up to the people around me. You know, I need to figure out the things that help me heal and figure out the things that help me do my best so that I don't spew that onto other people. Now I might swear in my car in like, you know, traffic, but I'm not like road raging following them or
0: something. <laughs> right. Right. And we only have a couple of minutes left, but I do, you just mentioned your kids you've talked about how they're in the Catholic school and yeah. getting a lot out of it as a parent speaking to another parent i know that one thought we always have is how do you make sure your kids have an easier time than you had and in your case there's been a lot and you know your your kids the loss of their sibling i'm sure you had to turn around and tap into all your social worker skills with your own kids which has to be a brutal thing the idea that they've lost, you know, uncles, they've seen their grandpa with all this physical stress. How do you help not just yourself, but I have to imagine there must be real mama bear protection of your kids on all this. How do you handle that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I am definitely not perfect. Um, But what I think that I've tried to do, so I'm a big feeler and nobody knew how to handle that when I was little. And um, my kids are kind of on different spectrums of that, but they're all, you know, they they tend to be a little more sensitive, a little more, um, you know, affected by people around them and um, the things that are going on with them. And so I try to allow that space for that because i was all it was like that's enough you're you know no more crying like go to your room and get it together you know those kinds of things and so i tried to let them vent and get it out and process it um cry if they need to and not like shush it or shut it down like let them fully go through that range of emotions again within reason you know like you don't get to take it out on your siblings just because you're having a bad day. You don't get to, um, you know, hurt other people or destroy property. My, <laughs> I have one that <laughs> tends to the, like, like really flipping out. And so that's been a balance of like letting him get it out, but not letting him like lose it. So, yeah, I think that's how I'm trying to do things differently for them is just give them the space to be able to, to do that. Um, it, because it's what I needed. Um, but I always do joke that I'm sure there's plenty of ways that I'm screwing them up, but it's just, um, job security for future therapists. So,
0: <laughs> well, our time here on the free feed is up. I understand that you're down to stick around for some bonus content, which I thank you for, but I do just sure. want I want to close and just say that it's really beautiful that you saved your dad. I don't know that you anticipated revealing so much about your backstory as you did, but to hear about everything you've been through, I'm just blown away. And I just have to say, um, the people who go through pain and then get active and try to help others, I think are often the ones who are best at helping others. And I do feel just really, really firm that I got to end this by saying thank you for taking everything you've been through and, and turning it into that instinct to to help others because we are lucky to have people out there doing what you're doing and you've been through a lot and I just can't thank you enough for turning it into into something that tries to get other people through their pain. It's really impressive and remarkable and you've kind of blown my mind today.
1: Well, thank you for that. Yeah. And I was going to talk way more about living donation. So like look into kidney donation and liver donation and bone marrow because we need people need their lives saved. And there's lots of us out there that are healthy enough to do that. So please look into it.
0: Yeah. And let's also point out again another way that you blow my mind i sit here and try to go hey thank you for doing everything you do and you go well while i have the platform everybody look up living donation because you can help you could help somebody else right now it's you are a remarkable person and thank you oh thank you caller thank you so much for calling i so sincerely can't Thank you enough. Your story is just mind-blowing, and who you are after dealing with so much is really inspiring. I mean it so much, and I think I speak on behalf of many of our listeners. This show is produced by the High Priestess herself, Adria Quinn. Our theme song is by Shell Shag go to chris geth if you want to know more about me including my tour dates although full disclosure most of my tour dates are at random breweries in new jersey right now but still feel free to check them out if you want to know more about my day job and how you can get comedy workshops in your school environment to make your schools a healthier place go to LaughingTogether.org. and hey we've got a voicemail line this call you heard today was pitched to us on the voicemail line 973-306-4676 if our regular hours don't work for you You feel like you have a story that needs to be told? You feel like you represent a voice that isn't showing up on this show? We want to prioritize that. Leave a voicemail at 973-306-4676. If you want to know when we're taking calls, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Gethard. You can join the Facebook group, Beautiful Anonymous, the community. And we have a new Instagram over at Beautiful Anonymous Pod. Thanks so much.